Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Liz Burgard, Parent Involvement Coordinator. Today we're joined by Sue Abderhold, an Executive Director of NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness of Minnesota. NAMI Minnesota is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. They provide education, advocacy, and support for all people affected by mental illness. Sue is gracious to share her experience and time with us to talk about the topic of anxiety. Sue will also be speaking at our upcoming Parent Engage 360 event series on December 9th about mental health. Sue, thank you so much for being here today to share your knowledge with us. Thanks for inviting me. Can you tell us a little something about you that people might not know? Well, you know, I've really kind of thought about what is it that I should share? Should it be something funny or sad or whatever? But, you know, I have um, family members who live with depression and anxiety. So I've kind of seen up close what some of those symptoms look like and, and even some things that can help as well. Um, when you're having kind of a panic attack or when, when your anxiety is feeling very high. Mm-hmm. And when I was young um, in grade school, lived in a small town in Illinois, um, I actually had someone who tried to abduct me. And, you know, I just share that because you remember those things even as a child. And so I've had to kind of deal with my own anxiety about, you know, whether it's walking down a road or if it's at night and I'm alone and things like that to really kind of um, overcome that fear that I have. Thank you for sharing that information about you. And I think it's really important to, to, to recognize that family members and ourselves do struggle with anxiety and or depression. Maybe it's not right now, but at some point throughout our lives. And then it is important to talk about and to think about ourselves as we're going through our journey of life. So thank you for sharing some information about you and your family. For our audience, can you share a little bit about anxiety and um, what you know and what you've seen in your li- from your line of work and your perspective? Absolutely. So anxiety is kind of this overwhelming fear, not necessarily totally rational, right, but just overwhelming fear. And the reason that anxiety is kind of so interesting in some ways is because it it so demonstrates that our head is connected to the rest of our body. So a lot of people with anxiety also have stomach aches or their heart is pounding right against their chest. Um, it might um, they might actually kind of feel um their hands shaking a little bit when they're really anxious. And so you can really see it as a very physical mental illness in a sense, um, because it's all of those symptoms kind of tied together. Um, We also see, especially with little kids, that um, they, they just get upset more easily when they're really anxious as well. I think the point that you make about the head being connected to the rest of the body is so important um, because I know sometimes anxiety looks so different in everyone and sometimes someone might be having a stomach ache and you're wondering, you're asking your child why they may be having that stomach ache. Mm -hmm. 
and not understanding that it could be related to anxiety or something different that is causing the stomach ache versus just food or. Exactly. You could have a little kid, especially in the elementary, right? K through three in particular, where all of a sudden it's like every morning before school, they have a headache or a stomach ache. And, oh, I, I don't think I can go to school because of my stomach ache. Mm-hmm. And what they're really experiencing is anxiety. I know sometimes anxiety and depression go hand in hand, and sometimes it's just anxiety or sometimes it's just depression. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between the two? You know, and it's kind of hard because they do often go together. And some of the symptoms are the same, like difficulty concentrating. Mm -hmm. You can see that in someone who is experiencing anxiety or depression. Um, Trouble sleeping is a sign of depression, but sometimes it's anxiety because kids are scared to fall asleep because of something you know, monsters or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, we're worried about the next day. Um, We also see even kids that are kind of having disruptive behaviors. It can be depression um, and it can be anxiety. So I think sometimes it's hard. Um, Clingingness to parents, more likely to be anxiety than depression. Um, Things like um, avoiding situations, more likely to be anxiety than depression. Um, but, you know, again, those, those symptoms um, can be similar to both. The other thing with depression that we always think about, of course, is you're really sad, right? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of curled up in a ball. Um, with teenagers, it could also mean being extremely crabby is actually a sign of depression, which is also sometimes hard because teenagers are generally crabby. Um, the other thing I would, I would say with depression is losing interest in things that you'd like to do. So a kid who liked to go to band all of a sudden doesn't want to go to band anymore. A kid who was involved in sports doesn't want to do that anymore. And so looking at those kinds of things too, could be actually signs of depression. I think it's so important as a parent too to just know your, know your children, right. And notice, start to notice when there's something that may be a little bit different or maybe a little bit off than it has been in the past of how your child has typically acted. Um, and not saying that they necessarily have anxiety and depression, but just to know some of the symptoms to be watching out for, uh, just in case something does arise or it continues to happen over time. Absolutely. Liz. Change is what we really see. You know, it's not just that mm-hmm. someone isn't sleeping a lot. If they never really slept a lot, not a big deal. But all of a sudden, if they're sleeping a lot, then then you want to be concerned, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, changes in behaviors are a huge kind of warning sign for families. We know that anxiety and depression have been a part of our culture forever. How what have you noticed or how has it changed or been shaped through the pandemic? And um what have you noticed, especially in children? So one thing we know is that the rates of depression and anxiety have gone way up, mm-hmm. according to the CDC and SAMHSA, um, especially among adults. And young adults actually have had the highest um, uh, change in terms of suicidal ideation. Um, you know, I think we have to remember that the pandemic, um, it changed everything. Yes. You know, when it first started, we were like, okay, we got this June, we're going to be fine. We mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a sprint and it turned into be a marathon of unknown miles. And we're not equipped to deal with that kind of unknown. Um, we're just, our brains aren't, aren't equipped to do that and to deal with that. And so um, the other thing that we certainly saw too, that makes it difficult is that, you know, we did have people die from COVID. And so you have little kids who hear these numbers, right? Or might hear about family members that are struggling with it, hospitalized, whatever. Um, They're worried about catching it. 
they're worried about what's going to happen to them. And that's hard. And for families who were really stressed out by the pandemic, whether it was trying to do distance learning and working at the same time, and you don't live in a big house and you're all around the kitchen table, right? You know, not comfortable. <laughs> right. um, you know, families experience a lot of stress and kids feel that. They maybe don't know the words for it or really truly understand it, but they feel that way as well. And so we have to remember that this has been a really difficult time for all of us, for kids and adults. And just coming back to school does not mean that this is, it just takes care of it. They've gone through, you know, a year, year and a half um, of really difficult times. Um, we've disrupted their, you know, kind of developmental milestones as well. Think about high school kids and young adults, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're when you're over 50, you don't really think back like, oh, I missed my graduate high school graduation party. But at that point in time for those teenagers, this is huge. Not being able to go away to college, right? This is huge for them. Super important. Um, and so we just mm-hmm. have to remember that things as adults that we might take in stride, very hard to do as a teenager. I think um, it's been a really hard time for all of us. And our, like you had mentioned, our brains, we all kind of were set up to think that we we're going to rush through this and it was going to be done and it would be fine. And even now this year when we're returning back to school, some of us are virtual learning and some of us are um, at school. It's still different than what you or I knew school to look like. And a lot of our kiddos haven't had either the elementary experience when they came into kindergarten and it was totally different, or even moving into the middle school experience or the high school experience that that most of us went through. Um, they've had to do it differently and then even trying to come back and do things normally, but not, I think has been really hard. Uh, it has been really hard on um, everyone, as you mentioned, but also our kiddos that are trying to navigate what is this experience how do I do this? It's changed every year. Um, and how can I continue to have a positive outlook when I don't know what's going to happen next and my brain literally can't process it? Exactly. Well, look at their routines. Mm-hmm. Thrown out the window. Everybody, most everyone's right. routines <laughs> thrown too. out the yeah. window, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, that's really hard. Kids, most kids need routines, even as adults we do, in order to sleep better and things like that. So it's it's been tough. We don't live with uncertainty well. What about... Um, trying to spin it into ways that we could help young adults to manage this anxiety. We know that this is happening. We know that we've been running this marathon for quite some time and we don't know when the marathon is going to end. Um, do you have any tips for young adults to help manage their anxiety? So for young adults and teenagers, you know, there's things like, you know, taking deep breaths, right? We know breathing slowly um, can be very helpful. Um, not trying to aim for perfection, but just doing the best that we can can be helpful. And when you're really starting to feel that anxiety build up in you, there's a there's kind of this little trick that they call um, three and three. So you want to look around and name three things that you see, right? So, you know, I see my desk, I yeah. see my dying plant, I see um, <laughs> the pictures of my children, <laughs> right? Um, and then you want to <laughs> listen. So what three sounds can you hear? right? It might be the buzz of the lamps. Um, it's some the elevator going down. Um, it's the phone ringing in the next room. And then you want to move three parts of your body. So it might be your fingers or your toes. You know, maybe you're going to move your shoulders up and down. But when you do that, you become more aware of your surroundings, which can actually decrease your anxiety. I like that. Um, three, is it just three, three and three? 
Um, right. Three so, three. Yeah. Yeah. so three, three things that you hear, three things that um, you move, three things that you see. Um, it's like a, that's a really nice, easy thing that we can all implement, right? Like not even kids for me, I'm thinking about like, exactly. myself as well. Um, I was recently um, telling my friend that I was having, I was worried about my kids and I was going out of town and they weren't going to be with me. And she was mentioning to me about um, that her therapist had said that it was that she's like, Liz, you're having catastrophic anxiety. So you're making, you're making up a scenario in your head and you're, you're making up a result that probably won't happen. And so I felt like it was really also nice that she said that to me because then I was able to name what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And then to also tell myself, do kind of the deep breaths and say, what you're thinking, what you're thinking is not a reality and you're having anxiety. And I think that it, um, at least for me, pops up in many different scenarios when I don't even realize that it's anxiety that's, that I'm thinking through or having the a feeling of. Absolutely. And you know, when you have younger kids, like in elementary school, right? I mean, it's harder to do that little exercise. They're not going to remember to do it. Mm -hmm. Teenagers should be able to do it, but then we have to really help them and coach them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we have to, you know, really talk about, so what is it that you're afraid of? And then try to address it, not just say, well, that's silly. Right. But to really try to address what they're afraid of um, so that they understand um, and sometimes when people are feeling super anxious, helping them gain control of mm -hmm. what's going on around them can also help, you know, so to say, you know, to a young child, okay, I can see that you're getting, you know, pretty anxious. So do you want a glass of water or a glass of juice? Mm -hmm. um, do you want to sit down or do you want to walk around the room, you know, and just so that they start making decisions um, which makes it feel like things aren't just out of control, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, and it, it, what you're saying is that they can also have control over something. So you can give them two options of something that they can choose of, of their liking. Um, around that same vein, I was thinking about two of just like also modeling that conversation. Like sometimes for myself, I, I will say to like my children, like, oh, I'm feeling kind of anxious right now. I need to take a break. Or I, I, I'm, I need to take some deep breaths because I'm feeling out of control or whatever. So I'm also, as a parent of young children, trying to uh, model some of the things that I hope that they can do at some point of their life. And, but that's something that we're trying to work on in our house as well to have those conversations come up a little bit more easy than to have to stop and think and say, okay, what do I need to say here? <laughs> Absolutely. So one of, one of my kids had pretty high anxiety and would call and I knew it was her because she could barely breathe on the phone, right? Mm -hmm. She was really having that panic <laughs> yeah. attack. Yes. And so I'd be like, okay, breathe in, two, three, four, breathe out, two, <laughs> three. And we would just breathe together. And, you know, again, you're, you're modeling it. You're helping them do that. And um, I think we forget, like, how impactful slow breathing can be mm -hmm. um, on your anxiety and, frankly, your stress. Right. I mean, there are days, you know, here at NAMI where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can't like do one more thing. And so I'm going to take the elevator down to get the mail. And I'll literally do deep breathing on the elevator to just try to kind of calm myself down right. and get the stress out of my system. So and, you know, breathing is pretty free. And so, mm -hmm. you know, don't feel afraid to kind of use that technique. Mm -hmm. So some of the techniques that we have for uh, parents to support their children are to model, asking what are you afraid of, giving them some tools or things that they can control, and deep, deep breaths and just taking a step back and really using your breath to reset yourself and reframe your, your mind. Are there any other tips that you have for parents to support your for kids? 
Um, you know, you know, certainly asking what they're afraid of so mm-hmm. that they can start really kind of talking about it so you can deal with it. And, you know, moving, I know it sounds kind of silly, but, um, moving around, whether it's okay, we're going to take a walk around the block. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's put some music on and dance because that gets the endorphins moving in your brain, mm-hmm. which is also really good, um, coping strategy too. It's never, they're never too young to start learning some coping strategies mm-hmm. when they're dealing with stress, anxiety, or depression. I, I, and music is also something that is, it changes your mind once you turn it on and take those deep breaths and start dancing and just being free. You know, at the beginning, when we had to move all of our classes online, um, we when you had to wait as people were coming into the Zoom room, right? We kept playing that song, Happy. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't help but tap your toes and smile when you hear that song. And so, again, music can be really helpful to our moods. You name the song and I just lit up. I, it comes right into my head. Exactly. It's, he, he was, Farrell was a genius with that song. Yeah. And it was great timing, Farrell. Um, so we have a presentation coming up on December 9th that you will be speaking at. And then we'll also have a panel of Anoka Hennepin staff and some community partners around the topic of mental mental wellness or mental mental illness. Would you mind giving parents and students a, a sneak peek of what they could look forward to learning about or hearing about? Sure. So what we want to do is to really talk about how to take care of your mental health. Um, because again, we've all been through a pretty difficult period of time and yes. um, a lot of people are struggling. And so what are some things that you can do um, to take care of it and to kind of lessen again, the stress that you're experiencing? We also want to make sure that parents know the warning signs um, because we want to keep our kids safe. We want to make sure that we're intervening early because that has the, you know, the best outcome when you intervene early. And then again, what are some strategies that we can help our child deal with, um, whether it's, you know, depression or anxiety or just high stress. Um, We want to make sure that we also have some kind of coping strategies that we can teach them so that they can be mentally well as well. Thanks, Sue, for sharing a little bit about the presentation on December 9th. To register and learn more about the upcoming event, please visit ahschools backslash parentengage360 to also view the events we have coming up after December 9th. Sue, I just want to say thank you so much for your time today and uh, having this conversation with me. I really learned a lot and it made me think a lot about even me and my children and how I can continue to help and support them and shape them as they move they're they're in elementary school but as they continue to move into middle school and high school and just that um our community and our students really need all of us to work together and to really be kind and gracious to all of those around us because each of us has a story and is going through something so the kinder and gentler we can all be the better off we'll all be um you're a gem We really appreciate you and all that you do for our district and the partnership that we continue to have. And I look forward to hearing more about um, the topic on December 9th. And thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. And thanks for all that you do. Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.